Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Everything Went Black. I'm uh, hitting you guys with a solo episode of uh, something I'm going to try to do this every year. I'm going to start the year off with a list of goals for the oncoming year. And uh, at the end of the year, I'm probably going to do an episode as a year closeout to review which ones I've hit and which ones I haven't. And uh, I urge everyone listening, uh, especially you guys over on Patreon, to um, maybe follow suit and uh, we can compare notes and uh, you guys can comment, give me ideas about what you guys are trying to get done this year and uh, all that kind of stuff. But uh, before we get started, I just want to shout out the rest of the horsemen, um, part of this collective of elite media producers on the internet. Of course, I'm referring to the horsemen of the podcasting apocalypse. Now that group includes, starting out the week, Brandon Legion's Horror Wolf 666. Brandon focuses on interviewing uh, writers, directors, filmmakers, actors, and occasionally one of us uh, that centers around the horror movie industry. And uh, it's primarily interviews, and uh, sometimes we all get together and uh, do our lists of you know top films. Uh, we we reflect on uh, a specific movie. Uh, Brandon and I did a Predator episode a little while back, which was a lot of fun. Next up is Jackie Smith's Into the Necrosphere, which is literally the only heavy music related podcast that I listen to on a regular basis. I also check out the uh, Heavy Hole podcast, um, Big Will's uh, rundown of all things brutal. And um, I was recently a guest on that, which is a lot of fun. And um, I'm going to have Will on the, on the podcast over here. He's an incredible uh, death metal singer. And uh, hopefully we can <clears throat> trade off episodes on each other's shows in the coming, coming months. Wednesday, of course, is Everything Went Black, which is today. I return on Thursday alongside Mike Scandato and Jeff Kashid for Necromaniacs, which uh, if you guys are listening to this episode of uh, Everything Went Black, you probably are familiar with Necro. Friday, Spitball Media, brought to you by Mike's brother, John Draper. It's uh, sort of an irreverent current events uh, sort of podcast. However, they do talk about movies, which, um, which is kind of cool. Saturday's a day off. Go out, enjoy yourself. Um, I certainly try to enjoy myself on Saturdays, take a day off. Sunday, Carl Hikara comes at you with Soul Knocks. Carl also is uh, on a two-episode-a-week two schedule. He also drops episodes on Thursdays. Soul Knocks focuses on all things dark and esoteric and macabre. Currently, we are full force into our Darkness Weaves collaboration, which Carl and I are doing. We are digging deep into the catalog of Carl Edward Wagner, a relatively obscure horror and dark fantasy writer. And um, right now, we're deep into the Kane stories. So definitely check that out. They're a lot of fun, especially if you're a fan of horror and dark fantasy. Out in the void, deep in the abyss, comes Iblis Manifestations, Brought to you by Cheyenne of the great band Trivax. And uh, if you guys checked out my episode recently on Into the Necrosphere, where we run down the top top bands, where we run down the top records 
2023, you'll know that LOI Burns Out, which is the latest Trivax record, features heavily in that list. And, uh, and that's the crew, man. We, um, we try to try our best every week to give you guys interesting and thought-provoking uh, content. If you enjoy this show, as well as the others, please support us all on social media. Give us a like on all the various platforms. Subscribe to our podcasts. And it just makes the world a better place. Furthermore, if you want to provide more support to Everything Went Black, you can join the Patreon. And uh, that is for as little as $1 a month. You get access to the bonus material. For $5 a month, you get early access to the regular episodes plus the bonus material. And for $25 a month, you can become a sponsor. And all those particulars are outlined on the Patreon uh, entry for Everything Went Black. And uh, now we're going to get into uh, goals for 2024, which, you know, I realize, I realize this might not be an episode for everybody, but if you're a, you know, a diehard die uh, EWB listener, this is for you. So uh, for, first and foremost, uh, I just want to talk about decision-making. It's not really a goal, but well, I guess the goal is to get better at making decisions in, in life and, um, Recently, a uh, challenging experience happened, which um, I turned into a learning experience. And uh, this has to do with uh, some professional decisions I made uh, dating back to September of last year and uh, is ending <laughs> uh, probably, this is going to come out, uh, the week after this episode airs will be the wrap-up of that excursion, uh, professional excursion. I have um, a short list of people who I really look up to for a variety of reasons. And these people, I seek their approval. And sometimes I seek their approval to the detriment of my own well-being. And uh, this last few months have been uh, kind of an exploration into that realm. And uh, without going into too much detail... um, a former boss and mentor of mine uh, approached me about going to work for a different firm. And uh, we've all worked together for, you know, at this stage, probably close to 20 years uh, between the company uh, that I work for or I'm going to back back to work for and this other organization. It's the same people. We kind of switch around, you know, and stay in touch with each other and that sort of thing. It probably wasn't the best move for me to move over there. Um, you know, I uh, left my other position, took up this other one for, you know, I'm not going to lie, a pretty substantial uh, bump in pay. And when I talked to, uh, you know, the company that I was leaving, they said, well, if that was all it was, you can, we would have been willing to um, to work with you on that number. Nonetheless, I had made up in my mind that I wanted to move on, um, maybe sold myself some ideas that I weren't that weren't exactly true. Maybe there was a little bit of misleading by uh, some people on the other side. And um, so anyway, I find myself in the middle of this thing. And uh, right quick, I realized this wasn't really the place for me, but I hung in there 
trying to convince myself that, oh, no, this is, uh, this is great. You know, this is fine. It's going to work out. Everything's good. Um, but slowly, I started realizing that this was a really bad decision. Um, nothing against this organization, but just as a personal fit for me, it was not the right place. Excuse me for taking a sip of water here from my water bottle. Um, throughout the last few months, I was trying to convince myself to make my st- make myself stay, thinking like, well, you know, you, you persevere. That's what I do. I'll persevere. I'll push through. Um, but all along, my body internally was giving me the right signals that this was not the right place to, for me. The stress over the holidays, the stress embodying itself physically. Waking up in the middle of the night at like 2.30 in the morning, thinking about the coming day and dreading those moments of embarking on the workload for the day. Not that the workload itself is something I'm against. I'm not, I like working hard. I like having a lot of responsibility. However, the culture of the office itself was not in line, was not aligned with the way that I like to do my job. So that was a huge you know, part of it. Um, nightmares. <laughs> I would have, I've had at least three nightmares about work. Never had that before, ever in my life. Uh, one, one evening, I woke up at uh, probably three o'clock in the morning and leapt out of bed. And my girlfriend, Tina, was like, where, where are you going? Uh, I'm like, I, I have to go. I got to check this thing that I did on this other thing and I'm leaving. And she's like, Get back in bed. You're out of your mind. So calm down. Went back to bed. Still couldn't really sleep. Woke up at five, which is my normal time, usually waking up. And I rolled. And sure enough, this uh, anxiety was for no reason at all. I had done all the things I was supposed to do and everything was fine. But nonetheless, this constant feeling that this was not the right place for me was uh, manifesting. And, uh, couple weeks ago one day I woke up I got the wrong message from the wrong person and I realized like you know what the hell with all this uh I I'm gonna quit I'm gonna I'm out so got back in touch with my former people sure enough um I was fortunate enough for them to be uh open to me coming back and um I discussed my terms and all my terms were met and um yeah so I, I moved on and I start this new, new old job after I return from tour in uh, March. And my final day at my current job is uh, just a little under two weeks from now. I'll be wrapping things up. So, yeah, lessons learned, man. Lessons learned is that the grass is not always greener. And uh, you should pay attention to these things and maybe make a list of pros and cons and just do it numerically, which column is bigger, and just go with that decision. And uh, in the past, I've been guilty of leaping headlong into things without uh, much thought um, and then suffering the consequences. In general, I've been a lot better at that. Uh, You know, I've been a lot more intentional and thoughtful about my decisions over the last few years. But sometimes you fall back into the old patterns. So, um, So that's really big learning experience. Fortunately... I was able to write this without any real impact on myself. Of course, 
I'm burning a bridge. Um, you know, my former boss, uh, one of those guys who takes things very, very personal. And, um, you know, no time is good to leave a job, you know, if you're the person who's being left. Uh, in this case, I held in there until I hit certain milestones so that the leave, I wouldn't be leaving in the thick of things, you know, on these relatively big projects I've been working on. I mean, one project is actually very, very big and kind of a high profile um, endeavor. And I made sure that uh, the milestone was met before I moved on. And nonetheless, uh, something always suffers. Someone's, you're always pissing somebody off whenever you leave somewhere. And, uh, you know, you got, I'm willing to take that hit with the idea that the future is going to be better for me. And um, ultimately, if the wrong person is in the wrong position, you're not doing anybody any good. So you guys don't really hear me talk too much about my job or professional stuff like that. But I think this could be applied to a lot of different things in life. And um, I just uh, wanted to share that with everyone. So uh, probably my number one goal for 2024 is to work on my decision-making abilities and to be more intentional about the things that I do and consider things um, in the big picture before making a uh, rash decision. I got to stay hydrated, guys. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, with only one person talking, it's kind of uh, hard to get away from taking sips of water. So music, as you guys know, is a huge part of my life and I, my identity. And, um, you know, 2023 was a relatively quiet year for um, for Tombs, which is my my life's work really at this point i got a couple another project off the ground called uh begotten sons and um there's a yet another project called scorpion throne which is uh, i released something the year prior to that and um yeah so those are the three things i have going on but 2023 was a very introspective year for me personally and then i guess in a way an introspective year for the band tombs which um as I mentioned earlier, is my, is my life's work. You know, for nearly 15 years, the band has uh, guided all of my decisions, uh, provided my identity in a lot of ways, um, has been the one thing that has kept me going during really tough times. And, you know, there have been a lot of them, a lot of really hard times over the years. And uh, the band was the one thing to focus on to bring me out of this whole thing. And, uh, you know, so touring and making records has always been like the thing that I do. And 2023, we only played uh, four shows total. <laughs> so that's a huge departure, even from the year before, from 2022. At least we got two tours in and uh, 23, not so much. And uh, we did spend a lot of time writing, and um, my intention was to have a new album out in 2024, but my estimation is that most likely it'll be 2025. I would say with 100% certainty there will be a new record in 2025. We're not ready to record just yet, and um, as a result, you know, most record labels want you to have everything at least planned out well in advance, so... I project we'll be recording in the spring for a 2025 release. And um, 
yeah, this record, some of the songs on there I've been working on for over two years. Uh, I've shared some of that material with the Patreon members. Um, if you go back in the Diary of a Madman uh, episodes, you'll see there's a couple of things out there that I proposed as, oh, these are demos for new tomb songs. And um, one of those is the track from a couple of years ago, which is spiritually the center of the record. Uh, not so much sonically, but it's the, for me personally, it's the centerpiece. The whole point of making the record is around this one particular song. And um, it's a nice way to close things out on that particular chapter of my life is to release this, you know, manifestation of all those feelings, um, you know, and that time and that atmosphere. And uh, with that said, that song has to be executed per perfectly. Like, I, there's no room for fucking that up. It has to be done exactly the way I want it to be done. Otherwise, it'll, this whole thing is a failure in my eyes. So um, so that's going to be the center point of the record. That song is done, writing-wise, um, demos, all that kind of stuff. Like the dem We're still playing around with the demo for that song. But uh, that's the thing. You know what I mean? Uh, the rest of the material is being worked on. One song we've been record, we've been performing um, live. It's a, it's a track called Ghoul, and uh, that's been we've been playing that since the Origin tour. Actually, the the tour we do at Cloak, we were playing that song too. So it's it's been in the repertoire of material for for a while now, and uh, so that's also going to be on the new records and slightly different tuning than what you guys might be used to hearing. And then the rest of the stuff is. Um, Still in process, man. It's it's there's I think on the new Tombs record, there's gonna be a little bit for everybody. There's gonna be some mid tempo songs, some real heavy, like emotional tracks on there, some really fast rippers, you know, just I think we're gonna explore all aspects of the band's abilities on the new record. And um lyrically I'm digging really deep and um working through a lot of stuff in the lyrics. So that's, uh, I feel like it might be, I know I, I like to think every record is our best record, but this, I think creatively for me as an individual, this might be the single most proudest thing that I've been working on. So I'm looking forward to getting this thing underway. And uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know, the tour with Pro Fanatica kind of, you know, sidetracked us a little bit from working on the album, but the tour is going to be great. I welcome being out on the road again. And uh, I wish it was longer. I wish it was the entire U.S. Uh, we're only hitting really the east. So um, in parts of Canada, we're returning to Montreal, a city I love. Um, you know, that's an incredible city. We're kicking things off in Providence, Rhode Island, another great city. Playing in Boston, which is, uh, you know, used to be my home back in the 90s and tons of friends up there. So that should be great. Just finally play Boston again after many years and uh you know the tour wraps up in, in New York in Brooklyn so um it won't be a case of uh traveling across the country to start the tour and then driving two days to get home which uh we've done quite a bit <laughs> over the last couple of years uh you know started tours like halfway across the country and this is a nice short sweet run and I look looking forward to it you know and I think it's going to be great. And hopefully I get to see some of you guys out there. And like I said, feel free. If I don't know you personally or by, by sight, 
absolutely come up and say hello. We'll hang out, you know, we'll talk, do that kind of thing. So I'm, I'm stoked to, um, to hang out with any of you guys out there. Um, so with that, you know, doing a tombs record requires some kind of, um, planning, you know, and certain elements have to be in place. You can't just like record it and then go for it and put it out. But Begotten Sons and Scorpion Throne, they're independently released projects. I can record them and literally the next day have them out to you guys or anyone who wants to listen to it, assuming anyone, everyone here wants to check it out. So that stuff's going to come out, going to be recorded and released this year. Um, looking at the summertime for a new Begotten Sons EP. Likewise for Scorpion Throne, maybe in the fall. Uh, I want to space those out a little bit. And um going to develop those things more. And um, I think that uh, Begotten Sons is going to become like a bigger part of my creative output. Um, there just seems to be so much freedom to do work with that project. And uh, Brian is like always down to do stuff. And I'm looking forward to that. And Scorpion Throne also is going to expand and... I think the the newer batch of material that I'm working on is, I'm not going to say optimistic, but it's a little bit more uplifting than than the first um, four songs, which were composed and and developed during uh, the dark years that I just concluded. And uh, it they're not that's not something I want to really revisit again that material and um, for for obvious reasons. But the newer stuff is going to be really cool. And I'm stoked to be working again with Andrew and Mike G. And it's a friends thing. You know what I mean? Now, since we're talking about, we're on the podcast now, let's talk about some podcasting goals. Um, over the last like month and coming into the first part of the year, the first month of the year, I've been a little bit lax on the Patreon material. And I'm, hope, I'm going to be changing that ASAP. So when I get back from tour, there's going to be a concerted effort to really start getting back to um, producing exclusive material for Patreon, you know, and I appreciate everyone who's hung in there and I appreciate the support and I really enjoy having that connection with everybody on that platform. So uh, I'm going to get back to putting out regular stuff. Um, the Friday staff picks thing is going to morph more into like a, like a Friday hangout kind of thing, like a Friday weekend review or just, you know, definitely going to talk about records and movies and stuff, but it's going to be more of like a, like a what's up kind of thing. You know, I, I might change it. I'm going to change it from uh, staff picks, which initially started out as a concept for necromaniacs as into like a, you know, like a thank God it's Friday kind of thing, you know, or like a Friday hangout or I don't know. I'll come up with a, a cool title for that. And then we're going to get back to doing Long Shadows and Hollywood Babylon and, you know, all that kind of uh, esoterra that we've been doing and some new things too, some new ideas or new projects. Um, also going to do maybe, if not a monthly live hangout, but um, maybe one or every other month to just like a Zoom call with everyone. We'll have to pick out a time because... You know, there's people from all over the country and Europe and whatnot, and we have to pick out a time frame that works for everyone and just do like a live live hangout, a live session of just checking in with everybody. And I've wanted to do that since I started Patreon. And um, 
I just haven't figured out the best way. And uh, some of the Patreon shows that I support, I see them doing it, and it looks really fun. So um, I just think that would be excellent to connect with everyone and expand and, you know, give more of a communal element to the Patreon experience. And then um, I want to start expanding Everything Went Black just in, out, uh, beyond just the podcast. I want to do more of, um, you know, publishing hard copies of things, you know, actual tactile media, you know, books, um, things like that. Uh, way back in the beginning of the podcast, I had this notion of, of producing little documentaries and docu-series, and uh, that's something I want to get back to. And um, and also, <laughs> the Instagram uh, pizza reviews, <laughs> which I do with Tina, you guys all seem to like that, so I'm going to do more of that kind of stuff, more fun um, food reviews, because that's something that we love doing, the two of us. We like going out, eating, and eating pizza. There's tons of great spots around here, and it's just fun. It's fun to do that. So yeah, there'll be more of those uh, IG stories, reels kind of thing going on as well. Um, yeah, and just try to keep the content interesting and fun and, uh, you know, offer more to everybody. Um, as far as writing goes, that's the next topic here. Um, a couple of different things going on. Uh, yeah, but you guys probably know that I, I fancy myself this uh, half-assed uh, man of letters, you know, writer sort of person. So I have uh, completed the first of first four short stories of a collection that I'm working on. And by the end of this year, I want to have all and another four complete. Now, depending on what the page count is, what the word count is with eight stories, I at least want to get them done. So I'll have a total of eight short stories and it pop most likely produce them in like a chapbook form. And that would be something that I release through the everything went black media company, you know, and you know, maybe I'll do audio versions of them too. Um, there'll be ways to get it through Patreon either for free or as some sort of, you know, depending on what the cost is for producing a hard copy of that um, at some heavy discount. Because you, remember, you guys do pay. So I want to provide some kind of relief to that, some acknowledgement of that. You know, so that's f like fiction writing goals for 2024. As far as I've been working, if anyone has been listening to Necromaniacs, you might have heard me mention the the Necromaniacs uh, Guide to the New Millennium, which is going to give a look back on the first 25 years in, in horror movies and horror fiction, I guess, too. Actually, mostly it's movies that I'm, I'm focusing on. <sighs> More water. But of course, there will be mention of... of of uh, literature too. So what is the Necromaniac's Guide to the New Millennium? It's basically that, a rundown of the different types of films that came out in the last 25 years because um, it's going to cut off at 2025 and um, broken down into sort of movements, I guess. Because... Uh, you know, everyone has written ad nauseum about 
the classics of Halloween, John Carpenter, uh, you know, Night of the Living Dead, Dario Argento, Giallo films, like all that stuff has been beaten into the into beaten to death, basically. So I think since we're 25 years into 20, the 21st century, I'd like to focus a book on the 21st century. You know, maybe there'll be, I think, not maybe, there'll definitely will be a sort of a one, the first chapter kind of running down the late 90s because that's, I think a lot of what happened in the late 90s informs the, the changes of the 21st century's horror films. Um, I'll mention two things. You know, the sort of ironic fourth wall breaking uh, movies like Scream, you know, and I Know What You Did Last Summer and that sort of uh, send up of some of our favorite things. I'm not a fan of those, but I think that's important to mention those things. And then the uh, New French Extremity, which uh, started in the late 90s and then rolled into the 21st century with incredible um, films, you know, such as Inside, Martyrs, uh, Trouble Every Day, like things like that, and running down those. There's already been a book written about the New French Extremity, which uh, is incredible if you guys want to check that out. And uh, so there'll be European horror, um, the found footage, which was a huge uh, thing in the early part of the 21st century. You know, the VHS series, uh, you know, of course, giving credit to the Blair Witch Project and uh, Cannibal Holocaust, which are like the, you know, progenitors of found footage, you know, that sort of stuff. And then some of the high points of the filmmakers, you know, Ty West, um, you know, Benson and Henderson, um, the Adams family, of course, are going to be mentioned in there. The rise of new folk horror, uh, the return of, uh, of slashers like Terrifier, and even John Adams from uh, Thanksgiving. You know, I think that is an important thing to mention too. So it's going to be focused on all stuff that's happened in the last 25 years. And uh, just, you know, you can use it as a guide to movies to check out, or you can just read about, you know, the essays I've been writing about some of these movements. So that's, um, you know, something to keep an eye out. Now, some of these essays and things are going to appear on the Patreon as standalone sort of chapters. Um, they're going to be different than the ones that are in the book because obviously they have to be edited, but these will be the kind of beta versions of those sections of the book pre-editing. So the kernel of the idea will still be there, but there'll be edits made for brevity to be included in a larger piece like a, like a book. Because, you know, I can't roll out some 2,000-page tome of information. It's got to be, you know, sell marketable, so... So that's like the uh, the writing front, you know, um, trying to stay busy doing all that stuff. Uh, martial arts and fitness, uh, you know, there's some goals I have as well for 2024. Just on an overall fitness, uh, <laughs> I want to be able to do 15 pull-ups. Um, I could do about eight right now. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a heavier sort of guy. You know, if, when you get to be above 185, it's 185 pounds, that is. It's, uh, you know, a little bit challenging to do pull-ups. So I'm weighing in about 210 right now. So, um, yeah, doing pull-ups is a little bit hard. But I want to get up to doing 15 consecutive pull-ups. 
I also want to be able to do 100 consecutive push-ups. I can do 50 consecutive push-ups right now. So that's, uh, you know, a, always, that's been an ongoing goal for me is to knock out 100 in one shot. And then uh, martial arts-wise, um, at the gym I'm, I'm at, spite of Muay Thai, there's a, 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 a hierarchy, a great a, a rank system there, which is unusual in Muay Thai. Muay Thai, usually you just show up and you just rock and roll. That's it. But uh, Spider has a setup there similar to the belt system in like jujitsu or other martial arts. And um, so there's like, you know, white shorts, which are beginners, yellow, you know, the next step. There's blue, which is like the beginning of like intermediate. There's purple, red, and black. And black is like, there's only like two guys in the gym that have black shorts and they're instructors. And it's not even... Getting black shorts isn't even about how good you are at Muay Thai. It's about your uh, ability to teach and embody the way of, uh, of, of the martial arts, you know, as opposed to how technical you are or how much good your conditioning is. Or that's, not, that's a factor, of course, but you have to understand those things, but also just your ability to teach people and embody that way of, of martial arts. Um, so my goal for 2024 is to achieve the red the red shorts rank, um, which probably is the highest I think I'll ever be able to go in this system. I don't see myself as being a, any kind of instructor or anything like that. And currently I'm at, at purple, which uh, I just went through all the grades there. So you know where purple is. So purple then red. And uh, apparently it's, we, we have tests. So the tests are very difficult and I'm, I can only imagine what the test for red shorts is. No one knows what they are until you actually do it. So it's not like, oh yeah, it's this. It's I know the purple test was very, very brutal and hard. And I can't even imagine what the red's going to be like. But I think I'm up for it this year. And, um, you know, Muay Thai has been a huge part of my life for a while now. Over probably 13, 14 years maybe. And uh, yeah, yeah, about that actually looking back. 15 years and um, never had a grading system like this or a rank system. So um, it's cool to like be, to have goals and be acknowledged and that sort of stuff, you know? Um, so yeah, that's uh, the martial arts and fitness aspect of my goals. Um, as far as reading and uh, you know, I'm quite a love reading of course. And uh it's going to run down some of the TBRs that I have here and some of my goals for that. Um, going into the new year, I wanted to get into the work of uh, William Hope Hodson, which is, uh, he's a, an old style, old school, weird fiction, cosmic horror writer, predated Lovecraft. Um, and I've read, so far, I have two, two main pieces that I wanted to read. One's House at the Borderland, and the other one is The Nightland. And uh, two, there are two pieces that are, I think are spiritually connected. It's not so much that they're sequels or anything like that, but there feels like there's a thin line connecting those two pieces. And um, I already read House of the Borderlands done, finished. And I'm about halfway through uh, the Nightland. And I cannot say enough good things about the Nightland and House on the Borderland. If you enjoy cosmic horror and weird fiction and Lovecraftian stories. These two things are must reads. Um, 
the Nightland is a little bit more challenging to read. It's like reading uh, Milton's Paradise Lost in some ways. There's like a very Baroque style to the writing. Um, you have to pay attention to the, you know, everything because it doesn't quite flow the way modern uh, prose would, would flow. You know, so I you got to pay attention a little bit differently. <sighs> Hydration. <laughs> um, also, a couple of years ago, I bought the um, collection of the Solomon Cain stories that Robert E. Howard wrote, and I have not read all of them. So this year, I'm going to read the entire collection and uh, knock out the Solomon Cain stories. You know, I've read all the Conan stories. I've read all the cult stories. Uh, Cormac McCart, um, read all those. And uh, Solomon Cain. Uh, Brand McMorrin, I've read all those. The Solomon Cain stories are incomplete in, uh, in my catalog of Robert E. Howard greatness. So I need to knock that out. So, you know, at least I can say that I've read all, all of his major characters. Um, the next three are recommendations uh, by people that I have a, a very high regard for. Uh, the first is uh, the first Law Trilogy, which um, is uh, by Joe Abercrombie. And that's recommended to me by uh, the great Selden Hunt, the famous artist. And uh, it's a it's, you know, sword and sorcery, epic fantasy kind of thing. Uh, I purchased it. I have a nice box set that's on my shelf waiting for me to crack open. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting into that. I'm probably going to jump right into that after I finish reading uh, The Nightlands. Um, Carl Hikara, uh, my brother from Saul Knox and uh, my collaborator with Darkness Weaves, has recommended the Sherlock Holmes stories. So I'm going to start reading those um, this year. That's another goal, another reading goal. And um, the third is not by someone I know, uh, but it comes by way of the Cosmic Chronicles podcast. And... Uh, it's another series called The Three-Body Problem by Sissing Lu. And um, apparently, this is going to be made into a series. So I'm intrigued. It's one of these doomsday, apocalyptic sci-fi epics. And I am looking forward to getting into it. I haven't, I haven't ordered it yet, but it's in my inbox or my, uh, my, uh, my cart for Amazon. And of course, throughout all of these things, there'll be other pieces of literature that I'm going to be reading, um, tons of stuff. I'm always trying to read more philosophy, more Schopenhauer, uh, you know, that kind of stuff is going to be sprinkled in there as well. And uh, But these are the main things I want to knock out in 2024. And, uh, and then, you know, personal growth, personal growth. I 2023 was a transformative year for me in a lot of ways, in many ways. And I want to continue that trajectory of personal growth and improvement. And I'm not talking about working harder, you know, making more money, doing more pull-ups or putting out more records or playing more shows or anything, which I typically have measured success by, but going inward and growing as a person and being more of a son to my parents and a partner to my partner, Tina, and to be more committed to 
successful relationships and things like that, being a better friend to my friends. Uh, my life has been largely dedicated to self-absorption, which there's numerous reasons why that has been a, a case for me, which uh, <laughs> I can write a whole book on that, I guess. But I have turned a corner and I want to invite in the the world. You know, I, for many decades, I lived this very singular life where um, there was just the tasks ahead of me that defined who I was. And uh, I just tired of living that way. And um, my, uh, you know, my, my take on everything is, is, um, is just trying to like move towards a, a better lifestyle because that lifestyle did not work. As much as I tried, banging my head against the wall, pushed myself, at the end of the day, I always ended up alone, unhappy, and depressed. And, you know, I went through some very, very difficult times. This time, last year, this time, a year ago, bleak, dark, darkness, living at the bottom of a well. And now things are on the diametric end of that, completely different. And uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of like my uh, my take on the whole thing, you know. And um, yeah, so 2024, looking forward to getting really into it, you know, start grinding on all these things, and uh, we'll check in at the end of the year and see how far we got, you know. And I like I like you know everyone to take all this stuff to heart, maybe apply some of these concepts to your own life and. You know, and it's it's nice to have this outlet to talk and express myself. And, um, you know, communication is key. And if anyone, anyone wants to hit me up, if you're on Patreon, you guys know where to find me. Just use the Patreon messenger. If you're not on Patreon, you can hit me up. I guess uh, Instagram messenger is probably the best way since I, I don't really go on Facebook. I, I'm probably going to change that in the coming months. I'm probably going to go back on Facebook a little bit more. Um, mainly just because I feel like promoting promoting things i've been a little bit remiss on that over the last uh six seven months maybe but now i think it's time to pay more attention to that platform uh but instagram i if you guys want to hit me up hit me up on that um you know and there you go so everyone i hope everyone's doing well i hope everyone's living strong and uh moving forward with their goals and their lives. And uh, I'll talk to you guys next week. We've got uh, a really cool guest in store for next week. And so another, once again, old friend, good guy. And um, been every, I like to check in with him every couple months too. So you guys take care and we'll talk to you next week.